Welcome to Digging Into a Bible. Hey, hey, welcome to Digging Into the Bible. My name is Jim Barnard. This is a production of Tiller Coaching. All right, it's day 55. So good to be with you. Yesterday we saw how Paul had this kind of big freak out. He, he got so emotional, baby. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help myself. So he got emotional. He had this moment, this freak out, and it was like, I'm just done with the Jews. Like, this is never going to end well for me. I'm just done. And God intervenes and says to him, no, don't be done. I, I need you to not stay silent. Continue to teach to the Jews and the Gentiles alike. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to protect you. Um, just please don't stop. And, um, you know, Paul got to see this firsthand as, you know, the Holy Spirit really spoke in a way that was surprising through this proconsul in this tribunal environment. Maybe that guy should have been like, yeah, beat him, like get him. Um, but no, he, he just, uh, he, he told them to back off and um, Paul was protected. And so Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half and, you know, seemingly um, owned this, this challenge that God gave him to preach to the Jews and obviously to the Gentiles as well. So with that as the backdrop, let's see what happens next. Let's go ahead and dig in. This is Acts chapter 18, starting at verse 18. After this, Paul stayed many days longer and then took leave of the brothers and set sail for Syria. And with him, Priscilla and Aquila. At Sancrae, he had cut his hair, for he was under a vow. And they came to Ephesus, and he left them there. But he himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay for a longer period, he declined. But on taking leave of them, he said, I will return to you if God wills. And he set sail from Ephesus. When he had landed at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church. And then he went down to Antioch. After spending some time there, he departed and went from one place to the next through the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. So hang on, like, what's happening here? Like, he got a haircut? Like, like we're talking about a haircut. Like, why is that notable? Um, who was it that got the haircut? Was it Paul or was it Aquila? Because, you know, for that short period of time, like, Aquila was with him. Maybe maybe it wasn't Paul. Maybe it was Aquila. What in the world is happening here? So I, the answer is I don't totally know. But um, what I think to be true is the haircut was Paul's. And... Um, you know, the, this challenge that, that God gave him to, like, you know, continue to stay faithful, to teach to the Jews, um, you know, he took it one step further, um, and he, he took a Nazarite vow, okay? This is total conjecture, but I think this to be true. And I, when I say Nazarite vow, I don't mean, like, Naz, Nazarene vow or, like, Jesus of Nazareth. This is a particular vow, different word. Um, this is the same vow that Samson had. If you remember Samson from the Old Testament, big, strong guy with the beautiful long locks, this vow encompassed um, not cutting his hair, um, not being around corpses or graves, and not eating grapes or, or and consuming wine. So that's what the vow encompasses. And so for Paul, I think, you know, he's, he's really going all in to, um, to, to, to follow like the Jewish thing. Now, to be a Jew, you don't have to follow the, the Nazarite vow. But, you know, like Paul's just like going all in. He's, he's really committing himself to it. And, you know, sometimes it's like, 
when we make a vow, like it's always good with a symbol to say like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm really going to go all the way with this. I, I know particular men who um, struggle with pornography. They, they make this vow to like, to walk away from it, to never um, partake again. And they wear a particular bracelet that, you know, helps remind them like I'm, I'm tempted and maybe they slap the bracelet or whatever. And that that's part of their vow is like the symbolism. And so I think Paul is just really going all in and really making himself like a Jew. In fact, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verse 20, he says this, To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win the Jews. Uh, to, uh, to those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. So, I mean, I think this is exactly what Paul's talking about. Like, I made this Nazarite vow to be a Jew for the sake of the Jews, to live under the law for those living under the law. Even though I'm not under the law, it was worth it to me to sacrifice to do this. He went all in. He didn't have to do this, but, but he did it. And I guess the challenge for me to you is, you know, what sacrifice is it worth for you in order to win people for Jesus? Like, is, is there something that you could give up that is, you know, maybe a barrier between you and them, um, whether it's, you know, alcohol or language or I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it could be for you, but is it worth it, that sacrifice to, to, to live as if, um, you know, the, the lowest common denominator is important? Um, all for the sake of winning people for Jesus. I, I don't know. I, I, there's things in my life that I have sacrificed for that purpose. And I'll tell you, it's been absolutely worth it. These things that, that I've sacrificed, um, I don't need it. I, like, I'm, I'm doing great. Um, it's, it's absolutely worth it. I don't want to liken myself to Paul here, but um, maybe there's something in your life that you know, God would have you, um, you know, sacrifice even just for a short period of time to win people for him. So um, I'm over time. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will continue on tomorrow with um, the, this was the end of Paul's second missionary journey. And now we're heading on to a, a third one. So I will see you then.